I first started to prepare this homily about a week ago, and in the meantime, I discovered that uh, we were to close the holy door today. I thought it was next week, but I, I got my dates wrong. And of course, we, we had an election in the meantime as well. And uh, this has changed my topic somewhat, though I still have the same readings to deal with. But given the unrest that our nation is experiencing at the moment, Today's readings could provoke a certain ambivalent response in us. Uh, there's a lot of talk about violence and persecutions and so on. This section of Luke's Gospel is sometimes referred to as a miniature apocalypse because that word itself has sort of overtones that sound vaguely dangerous to us. Uh, it just means it's a revelation. It is a revealing of the meaning of history. So our Lord is giving us the keys that will allow us to interpret the signs of the times as we see them in our own lives. So he says that wars and insurrections are going to happen, and the temptation will be to misinterpret them uh, as presaging the end of the world or a collapse of Christian civilization or so on. But the important thing is we're not to allow these things to terrify us. We're not to be afraid. And there's a reason for this, aside from the, the revelation of the meaning of history. There is simply the reality that fear prompts us to act in ways uh, contrary to our own interest and the interest of others. And I mean fear, not the right kind of fear. We should fear the Lord. We hear that in the first reading. Uh, but to be afraid of those who can harm the body, for instance, much as it's realistic to fear that, uh, our Lord is teaching us to resist this impulse because fear invites us to be part of the problem rather than part of the solution. Now, the other reason that our Lord has to tell us not to be terrified is that being a part of the solution, you know, let's be honest about that, it's not necessarily a soothing Thing that our Lord offers us. He's offering us a share in the cross. So Christ himself was handed over to the governor and put to death. And his disciples can expect uh, a parallel treatment. And when it happens, again, we're not to be terrified. We're not to respond with violence for violence, even if it means saving our lives. At least the lives as we understand them if we restrict our attention to the functioning of our bodies. So it is by perseverance that we save our lives. And by saying this, our Lord offers us a glimpse of what life really means, uh, not just, again, the functioning of my body, which will come to an end for all of us, but a different kind of life, life in the Spirit. And when I noted that Christ was handed over to temporal authority and put to death, uh, I hope that you also hear, because we're all Christians here, I assume, that Christ was also raised from the dead by the power of the Spirit. And it is in baptism and confirmation that we too have received the same Holy Spirit. And if the Spirit of Christ dwells in us, God will raise our bodies too to life again in the new creation. 
This actually helps us to identify a certain parallelism that will help us to understand what our role is in history at this point. There's a parallel in the gospel today that we might miss. The disciples at the beginning are marveling at the beauty of the temple. And the Lord says, you know, uh, there's going to come a time when this temple won't be here anymore. There will be not a stone left upon a stone. And a generation after our Lord made this prophecy, it came true. Uh, The Roman troops came into Jerusalem and leveled the place, and they left not a stone upon a stone in the temple. And to this day, the temple has never been rebuilt. The parallel that I want to make is the parallel to the destruction of our bodies. Uh, The destruction of the earthly temple was a sign, a sign very much in history. Uh, It's not disputed by, by anyone, I don't think, that the Jerusalem temple once stood in uh, Jerusalem, and it's not there anymore. Uh, But this destruction of the earthly temple parallels the destruction of Christ's body as he teaches us elsewhere in the gospel. And so again, we who are incorporated into this body by baptism should expect again to follow where the head has gone first. But by persevering obedience even unto death, We allow the Spirit of Christ to reconstitute us as the new temple, as the body of Christ. We are the temple of God now. And this is our role in helping others to see how to interpret history, where to look for God. In the book of Revelation, it is said that the heavenly temple is the Lamb, again, Christ himself, Christ whose body we are. And it's also said about this lamb that he is a lamp, that there's, there's no sun anymore in the new creation because the lamb himself gives light. Uh, but again, that is, we participate in that. We are to be light, light for the nations, uh, as the lamb is said to be in Revelation, a light for the nations. So this brings me back to what's going on in the world right now. Uh, in a time of unrest, we have an opportunity as Catholics to give testimony, to offer the light that we have been given to those who live in fear, who live in the shadow of death. And we do this by our own hope and our refusal to turn, return violence for violence or hatred for hatred. In a land that is divided politically, we witness to the one Savior the Savior, uh, the unanimous Savior, as it were, by our love of enemies, by our prayer for those who wish to burden us with fear, who wish to frighten us. And again, we do this daily by waiting on God, by persevering, waiting for the Son of Justice to arise, and daily honoring God's name. I would say here, the fact that today's Mass is a mass, a special Mass of Thanksgiving at the end of the Holy Year, we have another key. If we don't want to be afraid, it's important to live a life of gratitude every day, to thank God for the gifts he's promised us and the gifts he has given us. And this will strengthen us in hope. This will strengthen our trust in God so that we will wait for him to act and not try to force things ourselves. Because the meaning of history is this that mysteriously, in spite of all appearances, God is reconciling and restoring the world in Christ. Our guarantee in this respect, again, is the sign of the cross itself, 
which is never separate from the resurrection that is its goal. So as we close the Jubilee year today, we can ask ourselves, has this year-long reflection on God's mercy strengthened us in gratitude, strengthened us to persevere and to put our hope in God and not in things of this world? And let us make sure that we really reflect on this because there's a world outside that is waiting for the light of Christ, for a message of reconciliation and hope and the ministry of restoration.